Welcome to the We Serve podcast of Government Policy, Real Estate, and You. I'm Liz Recchia, Government Affairs Director for We Serve Realtors, a local association of realtors and real estate industry businesses serving West Maricopa County, Southeast Maricopa County, Pinal, Cochise, and Santa Cruz in Arizona. And this is your quick update for today. Water. It's an ongoing and sometimes emotional topic. While others discuss and debate various water issues, in our industry, it is central to everything we do. Agriculture cannot grow the food we need or the textile crops we use for clothing if there is limited or no water. Businesses cannot locate or expand in Arizona if they don't have adequate and reliable water for their needs. The workers who work at those jobs cannot live if they don't have adequate, good quality water. And the energy needed by everyone cannot happen if there is not water enough to generate electricity or help in the mining and manufacturing of raw materials into usable elements for energy production. So it is understandable that with some of the current rhetoric, people and businesses begin to doubt Arizona's capacity for the future. But I think the rhetoric is only partly correct in that most people who discuss water in Arizona only look at one small element. Yes, we live in a desert, but history tells us the rivers have dry seasons. People repeatedly think the worst, and wet weather, technology, and better water management provide us with a future. While legislation, negotiation, and court cases may take time to solidify Arizona water law, the question remains, what can buyers and sellers of real estate do today to confirm for themselves water sources and water rights so they can properly disclose important water issues to buyers and buyers can perform appropriate due diligence. The We Serve Water Issues Task Force is busily working on a tool designed to help buyers perform appropriate due diligence, spur buyer questions and research, and prompt sellers to find answers prior to a buyer's questions about the water availability, source, and rights. To start, let's review some basic water information. Arizona has had water agreements and compacts between various Arizona constituencies and amongst non-Arizona constituencies. I found a Salt River Users Association document from 1903 and mentioned in an 1896 newspaper of water agreements. We know about the water compacts amongst Colorado River states and Mexico from 1922, the 1950s, and most recently, 2019. Those compacts provided that Arizona would take first and most drastic cuts of water from the Colorado River and that California would see little to no impact from cuts until Arizona had no water access from the river. Now that we are in our second year of water cutbacks from the river, many people are noticing California has senior rights. Arizona has never taken its full complement of water and California is doggedly refusing to do anything that may mean it stores more water during rainy seasons. In the 16 days between December 26th and January 11th, the University of Davis estimated 24.5 trillion gallons of rain fell on the state, with most of that going into the ocean. California water officials estimate only 20% of the rains will be captured. Add to that, California snowfall is more than 200% of normal, according to the USDA, and one doesn't need a big imagination to figure out what will happen to the snowmelt. 
For Arizona, we have had a lot of rain and snow as well. USDA shows that from March 1st to March 6th, the Little Colorado was at 1,333% of median rainfall, and that doesn't count record snowfall. In West Valley, the Salt Subbasin, which includes Avondale, Glendale, Phoenix, Apache Junction, and the White Mountains, is at 640% of median rainfall for the same period. The Verde Subbasin, which includes Flagstaff and Prescott, is up 2,236%. The Salt River dams are showing over 200% of median storage, and the Gila River system is running about the same. Snow water equivalents are showing between 150 and 300% of median across Arizona and into Utah, Colorado, and California. You can see these maps at the USDA website. Which brings us to the sources of water in Arizona. Basically, there are four sources. 36% comes from Colorado River, which is CAP. 5% is reclaimed. 18% is in state rivers, which is part of SRP system. 41% is groundwater. The main sources of water in Metro Phoenix, which includes Maricopa and Pinal counties, are the Salt and Verde Rivers, CAP at 29%, groundwater at 34%, and the effluent or purple pipe water at 12%. 10 cities have rights to SRP water. Avondale, Chandler, Mesa, Glendale, Peoria, Gilbert, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe, and Tullison. Now that we know sources of water in Arizona, you can probably look around your area to determine how much water is sourced from surface water, like rivers and streams, groundwater, like wells, and effluent, like treated industrial water or household gray water. The areas of water demand in Arizona are 5% industrial, 21% municipal, and 70% agricultural, although I am finding numbers from the state of 68% agricultural use. I'm not sure how that number is determined, but I do know precision farming reduces water use on farms by as much as 80% and we have an increasing number of farms, ranches, and dairies using precision farming techniques. Combine that with Pinal farmers who have absorbed almost all the river cuts, which means less farmland under cultivation, and I have to ask for more current methods and numbers, but whatever it is, it's most likely considerably less than 70% water use by agriculture. It's pretty apparent reuse of affluent water is in the offing and thankfully water technology has graduated to a more sophisticated level. The We Serve Water Worksheet is designed to help buyers find out pertinent water information for the parcel of land they are interested in buying, find reputable sources of that information, and open the door for buyers to research and understand better Arizona's water systems and water rights. We are striving to develop a one-page document tool similar in concept to a buyer's net sheet or closing statement. Here are a few highlights so far. Knowing if your property is in an INA or AMA is important to not only water use but water rights and proving a 100-year assured water supply. INAs and AMAs have declared purposes that dictate their direction. For example, INAs have the purpose to preserve existing irrigation for cultivated areas. The Phoenix AMA gold is safe yield by 2025, 
and the Pinal AMA goal is to preserve agriculture for as long as feasible. Developers inside an AMA must show a 100-year assured water supply. Property owners and buyers can find interactive maps at the ADWR, Arizona Department of Water Resources website, azwater.org. Last November, Douglas INA voters voted to convert to an AMA. With that comes the need for those water rights holders to file paperwork with ADWR if they have grandfathered rights. Not only Douglas AMA property owners, but all property owners, buyers, and sellers need to know their water sources and water rights. Now, if you are thinking you have city-provided or private water company-provided water, you may think this isn't a worry for you. But if your city-provided water source is a local pipe stand, you may want to investigate additional water sources. If you have water provided by a city or town, you may wish to know more about the sources of water your local city or town has and ask about their water management. For instance, the city of Phoenix has two main sources of water that make up more than 80% of their water. The city of Avondale has five sources, and the city of Goodyear has three. Ask your water provider about the sources of water they have access to and if they are considering finding other sources. Buckeye has added Harklaquela INA water to their portfolio, which already has certificates of assured water supply to sustain Buckeye's growth for another 20 to 25 years. For me, there are several topics not usually included in water conversations. First, let's talk tools to find information. You can go to ADWR to find interactive maps. If you're in Cochise County, the Upper San Pedro River Partnership created a tool in 2022 that allows you to find the water history of the river, water information on parcels served by the river, and other tools within its interactive map to find well information. Cities, towns, and counties usually have information on their websites, but a call or email to water management will bring lots of interesting information. Now let's talk about what local governments are doing to extend their water, namely reusing affluent water from commercial and residential properties, frequently called a purple pipe system. As you remember, we generally get about 12% of our water from affluent, but with manufacturing technology and water treatment technology, that is increasing rapidly. It just makes sense to use processed water to water outdoor areas and save cleaner water for potable users. Infrastructure is sometimes forgotten. In some areas like Pinal, water is in one area and people are in another. Last spring, the We Serve Pinal chapter held a discussion with Global Water and Arizona Water. At the time, they were working together to run a pipeline to the city of Maricopa's growing areas. Indian communities who have a large supply of water are contracting with local governments to provide water over a number of years. And lastly, technology. Hydro panels provide 16 to 24 16-ounce bottles of water a day and can be plumbed into the house potable water system. Hydrogen vehicles have water as an output, and technology is making it possible to use brackish water in manufacturing of energy at Palo Verde. Data centers are now air-cooled rather than water-cooled, and those that are water-cooled reuse more than 95% of the water used. My one concern is that legislation at the state and federal levels don't always take into consideration all the possibilities for water access. 
It seems headlines grab attention and create more emotional reactions. What is really needed is a no-headline group of serious water professionals in science, management, technology, and practical use to sit down from across the state to discuss the statewide water outlook. Then, after we know actual water sources and where they are, then we can discuss what, if any, changes need to be made to the compact and in-state law. Until then, I'm happy to see individuals working to solve water problems, bringing those amazing solutions to the marketplace so Arizonans can provide solutions for themselves as one part of the water solution. I'm Liz Reckia. Thanks for joining me today. Don't forget our next Government Affairs Orientation Meeting is on April 5th at 9.30 a.m. at our Chandler office. Our next Government Affairs Meeting is immediately following at 10.30 a.m. You may register to attend one or both of these meetings at weserve.realtor, and you may attend via Zoom or in person. We Serve GAD, advocating for private property rights, the right to private contract, and your business. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.